This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning is from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation. After graduating from high school, I went to Brown University on an Ivy League-style scholarship, football scholarship. I was pretty much committed while there to football and having fun with no intention of, of studying for the ministry. Did give an occasional nod to my studies. Then I gradually came to the realization that I was drifting, that the me I was becoming wasn't really me. The pastors at home had been encouraging me in the past to study for the ministry, and that old advice finally caught up to me. The admission I would seek to the seminary in St. Louis required Latin, Greek, German, and Hebrew for entrance. I'd have it before you started. At Brown, I had studied French. C'est la vie. (laughs) So I was in for intensive language tutorials with two other language-deficient souls in order to catch up and qualify. And one specific memory of that ordeal is what I want to share this morning. I remember one evening struggling with my Greek grammar and getting so frustrated that I threw the book against the wall with a flurry of words that I'm quite sure were not Greek. (laughs) Then one day the professor came into the class and gave out copies of the Greek New Testament. He said, open to chapter one of the Gospel of John. And oh my, oh my, we could read it. We could read it. All that work, and suddenly we could read the gospel and thrill to those Greek words of verse 14, Hologos zarks egenito, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. What a gift to have one's eyes open, not just to the Greek, but also to an intimate relation to John's testimony in his own language. A testimony to that event so central to our faith. The gospel is about God with us. To claim us and travel with us on our life journey to the home that God has prepared for us. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us, has shared our fragile existence. The the defenseless baby in the stable at Bethlehem entered our flesh and became clothed in our mortality so that we might be immortal. Hologos sarks againato. The word became flesh. 
temptation, betrayal, cruelty, injustice. He, he experienced it all. He was God with us, not just God up there in heavenly detachment, but God mired in the reality of a world God loves and weeps for, but is determined to redeem and renew. God with us to surprise us with new and unexpected experiences where grace transforms the moment and leads us in a way that we never saw before. My late friend and mentor, Joseph Sittler, put it this way, grace is deuces wild. It suddenly shows up to give us a winning hand. Hologa sarxagenito. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. As my studies continued, I came to know more deeply and later teach ardently that our ministry and faith of the Christian community begins and ends in the gospel. All else that we say or do draws life from God's good news in Christ. The judgment of God's law is easy to preach because sin is always on display. But the heart of the preaching task is ultimately to make sure the gospel speaks God's grace directly to the many ways in which our lives and world are broken. I told my students, I tell my students repeatedly, if you don't preach the gospel, don't preach at all. Just sit down and shut up. <laughs> the young monk Martin Luther agonized over his sin and the fear of God's judgment. Had he confessed all his sins? Was he sorry enough? Had he done enough works of penance that the church prescribed in order to satisfy God? He wore out his knees seeking God's favor. Well, though Luther was burdened in conscience by the strictures of the medieval church, none of us require church doctrines about divine judgment to experience the agonies of a troubled conscience and the fear that in so many ways we are far from God and God's love. How can God forgive the thoughts that are roiling in my mind? How can God forgive my neglect of those in need? even those I supposedly love. Those times when courage failed me, oh, they will always, always haunt me. Then Luther, in all his spiritual turmoil, discovered the gospel message that became the hallmark of the Reformation. We are saved by grace through faith for Christ's sake without the works of the law. Forgiveness was there for him and it is here for us because the good news is that God in Christ in the mystery of the cross has taken our death-dealing sin into the divine life so that it is blotted out, blotted out entirely and forever. While we struggle to put away those memories of past and repeated sins, Christ is there to tell us that we are a new creation. As God in the beginning made a beautiful, intricate, and marvelous world out of the nothingness of chaos, 
So God has, out of the nothingness, the chaos of our broken lives and world, made each of us a shining new person. Well, you may not think you can see it when you look in the mirror, but in God's mirror, you positively glow. How is that? <laughs> Why, it's your reflection in the waters of baptism. That's God's mirror. And the further good news, good person, is that you are free and able to love your neighbor. Take extra steps you never took before. Keep vigil with the suffering. Bring comfort to the dying and those who grieve. Discover new wells of generosity from which to draw help for those in trouble. Give your time to teaching the children about God's love for them. Overcome your shyness and reach out to welcome someone. In Christ, we are enabled to love and to forgive, to overcome mean-spirited impulses for vengeance and reprisal, and liberated from such compulsions by the forgiving love of God that infuses our lives, so liberated the scars of hurt inflicted upon us begin to heal. The economy of this world is, as you know, one of glaring inequalities. Those who live in abject poverty and those who enjoy affluence. Those who have power and honor in the public square and those who are considered among the lowly with little or no power or public regard. Those regarded successful people with good gifts and abilities due to inheritance or privilege, and those with lesser gifts and lesser opportunities who struggle to find their place in this competitive and often cruel society. But in the economy of the gospel, all are equal, all are precious without distinction. And we live that truth. We live that truth because God has given us one another to love and to be loved, to look at each other and see Christ in the beauty of each and every face. And of course, the heart of the gospel is the cry, he is risen. For it proclaims, it changes everything. It proclaims the dawn of God's future reign, the triumph of life over death, good over evil, peace over conflict, justice over oppression, joy over sorrow. And we, the people of God, have been given the privilege of anticipating these promises of God's future by works of love in the present, as peacemakers, as justice seekers, in whatever ways are open to us. Now, to believe such promises of God's future and to live according to them in a cynical world grown weary by an abundance of evil and relentless conflict that may, label one as, that may label one as naive and foolish. But with Paul, I am not ashamed to believe, I am not ashamed to believe that this good news is the hope of the world. To confess the gospel of Jesus Christ as one's faith and to proclaim it in word and deed claims us like nothing else can. It is always there in every bit and piece of our lives, even when we are not 
thinking about it, it is there. When things don't work out and life takes a turn towards sorrow or the pain of loss, the Lord is there as he promised our fellow sufferer. And by his grace we endure and live again. When things go right, he is there to remind us to be thankful and share the fruit of our bounty as he has shared all for us. When we are tempted to say, is that all there is? God is with us to provide meaning in emptiness with a reminder that there are those who need to enter the joy of his salvation. So we have a meaningful life. We have a mission. So, dear friends, we have sought in these few moments to hear the gospel speak to us. Among the many things the gospel says to us, let it just rest in these certain words. The gospel says you are priceless. The gospel says you are precious. The gospel says you are loved. The gospel says you can do more than you could ever imagine. The gospel says you are immortal. This is the gospel. Love it, live it, celebrate it. Amen.